listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, to the Beyond the Game program. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Very glad to have you along as well. We're coming to you from Rochester, New York, and we'll be talking sports, doing it from a faith-based point of view as we bring you a highlights episode of the BTG program. We'll be sharing two segments that were previously broadcast as Zach and I enjoy a little time off. No need for concern. This was pre-planned that we'd be taking this week off. I know it sounds a little funny to say we're taking some time off when for many, myself included, we've had nothing but time off. I don't know about you, but I've been working from home and finding it to be more work than actually going to work. This time of year, we should be talking baseball. And my heart hurts to be without it. Yes, I know. I know the world has bigger problems right now. Don't be that guy. But I miss baseball, and it would make this quarantine thing so much better if we could watch a game. So we're going to air a couple of segments where Zach and I were talking baseball. And in this first segment from back in January, Zach and I talk about Derek Jeter having missed out on a unanimous election into the Baseball Hall of Fame by just a single vote. After a brief discussion, we'll make a biblical application about using encouraging words. Seems like for a few days there, the sports world was focused on the New York City area. I have to say city because I know some of you Buffalo fans get upset that they use the New York label. Derek Jeter, Mm -hmm. as fully expected, elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame on his first ballot, though he missed out being only the second player to be unanimously elected by just one vote. Shouldn't be a big deal. You're either in the hall or you're not. It's not like he's more of a Hall of Famer because he's missed out by only one vote than he say somebody like Ozzie Smith, who got obviously less, or anybody else got obviously less. Right. It's not like Jeter's more of a Hall of Famer than those guys, but at the same time, it is kind of a big deal. You know, this would have been historical. And, and you kind of go, why? Why would somebody not vote for him? Yeah, and I think what's really causing a lot of the uproar is that the the one writer who didn't vote for him, to the best of my knowledge— has not revealed himself, has not explained why he didn't. You know, it. a lot of times we see these voters that want to make a statement by not voting for a certain player, not voting for anyone. Last year we had that happen, um, voting for an obscure player. And if it's a guy trying to make a statement, then you're an idiot. Don't make a statement with your Hall of Fame vote. Make a statement on your Twitter handle. You know, like, but if it's a guy that potentially was like, Look, Jeter's going to get in. I want my vote to go to a fringe guy who might be right on the borderline. I would be okay with that. But the fact that this voter hasn't explained himself, I think, is the reason why this is still a big issue. But the only problem I have with the point you just made is there weren't 10 guys that are borderline here. Right. This wasn't a loaded ballot. So you were giving your vote to guys that have no chance to get in. Yeah. They're not going to make it. So why wouldn't you have voted for Jeter? And and again, it shouldn't matter, but it does matter. It matters to me as a Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it matters to you. And Derek Jeter will never say it, but it has to matter to him. 
Yeah. It would have been very nice. Two years in a row, Mariano goes in as unanimous. Derek Jeter goes in and unanimous. I know the argument goes, well, what about Ken Griffey? I can't go back and change the past. If you got a personal vendetta, this is not where you take it out. Right. You don't have to like the guy, but he's a Hall of Fame baseball player. Right. You know, I don't like David Ortiz all that much. But he's a Hall of Fame player. I can't take that away from him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I like it. The guy's a Hall of Famer or he's not. So I don't know why somebody wouldn't vote for Derek Jeter. Does it matter to you that he's not, was never ever the best all-time shortstop? That doesn't matter. No. That's an argument I've heard. Well, he's not even a top 10 shortstop. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. fine, but he's still a Hall of Famer. And that's what I said. When you go back to Ken Griffey and you go back to Cal Ripken and some of these great players, the fact that somebody didn't vote for them was ridiculous. But that longstanding, well, we don't want somebody to be a unanimous decision because Babe Ruth was That was now broken Yeah, with Mariano Rivera. So you would have thought that, all right, Jeter's a Hall of Famer. Everybody's going to vote for him. I hate the argument that you mentioned that, well, look back over the history of the Hall of Fame and all the guys that should have been unanimous or should have had more votes or took an extra year to get in or whatever. Yeah, that happened back then, and you acknowledge that it was a mistake. So why should we continue to make that mistake year after year and have guys not get the votes that they should get just because so-and-so back in the 70s didn't get the votes they should have gotten? Let's fix that mistake. Vote for the guys who deserve the votes. Let's not make statements. Let's not turn in blank ballots. Let's not vote for Jock Jones again. Let's just vote for the guys who deserve the votes, and that solves the problem. Yeah, if you want to make a baseball argument that you don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you get a guy like Derek Jeter, there, especially in the ballot that he was on. Not that you have to use ten name ten names on your ballot, but right. there's no reason to not vote for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've just, got, just, just there just isn't. You've got ten picks. You're telling me there were ten guys who needed that vote enough that you couldn't give it to Derek Jeter. And going back to where I was saying a minute ago, it shouldn't matter if he's one of the all-time great shortstops. He was one of the all-time great players. He was a Yankee captain. Maybe he wasn't the best at his position. Many years he wasn't even the best on his team, but he was the, he was the overall leader. And over the, the, the body of work in his career, the class guy that he was, the the how many five guys in, in the history of baseball? Five guys have more hits than Derek Jeter. I think that's right. Five guys currently have more hits than Derek Jeter in the history of baseball. The thousands and thousands and thousands of people have played. Mm-hmm. Five guys. Yeah. That's a Hall of Famer. Broke 3,200 hits, five World Series rings, a lengthy career, um, a clutch hitter, a captain of the New York Yankees. He's checked every box that really you need to see for the Hall of Fame. To the point that, you know, it wasn't really in doubt. People were tweeting out a day beforehand or, you know, the the day of the announcement. That morning, the Yankees were tweeting out stuff about Jeter going to the Hall of Fame. Everybody knew it was coming. If, if it's that much of a sure thing, which it should be, he should have 100% of the votes. I'm sorry. I personally think that every ballot should – it shouldn't be anonymous. You shouldn't be able to keep it a secret. Yeah. It should be revealed who you are, who you voted for, who you write for who you cover all that should be given out so that there's some accountability yeah now maybe you have a reason 
Maybe there's a reason you didn't vote for Derek Jeter. Right now, all we can do is speculate. So if you have your reason, submit that and tell us. Exactly. That, that's what I was saying at the top of the show is my opinion of that writer will depend on, assuming we ever get an explanation, his explanation. If he just was like, I don't think Derek Jeter should be unanimous, you're a jack wagon. If it's, I needed to give that vote to X player who was on the fringe and might not get in, whatever... Okay, that's a little more plausible. I think, look, the the fact that we don't get to know all of the voters, that's up to the Hall of Fame. The The Sports Writers Association voted to make every ballot public. The Hall of Fame said, no, we don't want to do it. And that's why we're not getting it. I would like to see that policy change because I think we deserve it. I think we deserve to know. The Hall doesn't feel the same as you and I. They feel that requiring disclosure would result in, in an impact on people's decisions. Listen, if I have to, and maybe this guy that we're talking about, if I have to disclose why I didn't vote for Derek Jeter, uh, I'm not. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to vote for Derek Jeter. And maybe that's accomplishing what it is we want to accomplish. But it mm-hmm. did, in fact, influence his decision, and that's what the Hall doesn't want. But I, I, I disagree with their feeling on yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's a catch twenty two because. Maybe if you're going to disclose everyone's ballots, people will feel more pressure to vote for the chalk candidates. But on the flip side, not making them reveal their ballots allows people to do things like vote for J.J. Putz or Jock Jones. So it's not going to be a perfect system either way. So I would just err on the side of disclosure. Just tell us why. Don't leave it out there to speculate. And that's the the thing people will talk about all the time. If you have... If you want to get the media to stop talking about you, then, then present your case. Up until then, they are, they're going to answer for you. What's the old saying? You give them an answer or they're going to answer for you. Yeah. Don't us, let that yeah. happen. Give us an answer and then set your Twitter to private for a week. <laughs> Even after missing the Hall of Fame by just one vote, Jeter offered no insight into what, at least in my opinion, was really going on in his mind. He was asked if he wanted to know the identity of the single voter who didn't cast a ballot in his favor. And Jeter responded, see, that's where our minds are a little different. I focus on the ones that did. It takes a lot of people to all agree to get you to this point. So I'm not thinking about that. I'm happy to be sitting up on this stage right now. And that's something that just doesn't cross my mind. He gives them something, but he's smart enough to give them something on his terms. The words we use they have power. In fact, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. When we are right with God and we're abiding in Christ, his spirit is evident in our lives and the things we say and the things we do. We should, with intention, Focus on making sure that our words are kind and that they're full of love, and then that our actions support those words. In Proverbs chapter 10, we see some different characteristics of righteous words. We should avoid negative speech. That's a good start. But we really need to replace the negativity with something positive, encouraging words, uplifting words. Proverbs 10.13 says, On the lips of the discerning wisdom is found. And verse 19 says, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Not only is it wisdom to say the right thing, sometimes it's wisdom to not say anything. Verse 21 says, the lips of a righteous person is nourishing 
to those who need it. We all come in contact from time to time with those people who just, they always seem to say the right thing, something that you need to hear. Proverbs 10.21 says, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for a lack of understanding. And in verse 31 and 32, it says that the words of a righteous person, they bring forth wisdom and things which are acceptable. Our congratulations to Derek Jeter for being a Hall of Fame baseball player. And if there were such a thing, he'd have our vote for being in the Hall of Fame of guarding his words. Perhaps we can all work to make such a hall, allowing our words to encourage other people and to glorify God in the process, replacing negative speech with positive, encouraging speech so that people are uplifted when they talk to us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Here now is the Red Hawks recap brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. We're all looking forward to putting this virus situation behind us, and that time will indeed come, so I want to let you know that later this summer, Roberts Wesleyan will be hosting its 13th annual Red Hawks Golf Scramble. The event is scheduled for July 20th at Mill Creek Golf Club, and if you register before May 1st, the cost is only $99. We want to say congratulations to Emily Miller and Sarah Nady. The two were named to the Rochester area NCAA D2-D3 first team this week by the U.S. Basketball Writers Association. Miller averaged 14.1 points per game and 9.7 rebounds per game, leading the Red Hawks in both categories. Nady averaged 11.3 points a game and 4.3 assists, the highest average of any player named to the first team by far. And though there were no games being played, members of the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics staff teamed up with Pierce Memorial Church to serve in their weekly food pantry. Women's lacrosse coach and assistant athletics director Kristen Concordia, who appeared on our program last week, helped organize the event in which coaches and administrators from Roberts gave out over 100 prepackaged boxes of dried goods to families in need. You can stay up to date with all the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics news at their website, robertsredhawks.com, as well as on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Welcome back into a highlights episode of the Beyond the Game program. We're talking some baseball. And in this upcoming segment, Zach and I discuss reactions around baseball to the apologies which were offered by some members of the Houston Astros regarding their cheating scandal. The biblical application made here is from Psalm 51, where David 
seeks restoration from God. For what it's worth, several members of the Houston Astros came forward issuing apologies of sorts, which has not necessarily resonated with fans and players throughout the rest of the league. Alex Bregman spoke for a whole 37 seconds. <laughs> Jose Altuve for 35. The whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in, in 2017. <clears throat> we especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the gain of baseball. I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. Well, there you have it. A few other things said as well, but there's the meat of the apology. If Not a lot of meat there, to be honest. Technically, I guess they apologized. I suppose Bregman comes the closest to sounding remorseful. There was, we feel bad for the impact. There was, I feel bad. But no real admission of cheating, no specifics. One could suggest what they feel bad about is getting caught, not the actual acts of cheating. Owner Jim Crane, he was further evidence of such a suggestion when he was somewhat defiant. You know, our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. That's just laughable. Obviously, L.A. Dodgers' Cody Bellinger, he had some thoughts on that, and he said this. Yeah, that's just wild, and I don't know if he meant to say that or not, but that's obviously not true um, because knowing what pitch is coming greatly impacts the game, obviously. He uses the word obviously. Yeah. It, you know, you and I, I've never stepped in. I don't know. Even if I knew what pitch was coming, I'm not going to be able to hit it. But these right. guys are professionals. And he's saying, as many other high-profile players are saying, it definitely makes a difference. Bellager also took exception to the apologies as a whole. He had a great number of things to say, as did many other players, whose comments we can't play on the air because of the <laughs> volatility of them. But here is Bellinger speaking about getting cheated. You know, I thought the apologies were whatever. Uh, I thought Jim Crane's was weak. Um, I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving him immunity. Um, I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. Um, you know, I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. Um, everyone knows they stole the ring from us. Clearly, fans mm -hmm. and players across the league are dissatisfied with their response. Now, as a Yankees fan, I would take exception to Bellinger's saying that they stole the ring from the Dodgers because I think the Dodger, the Yankees, excuse me, can stake a claim to that as well. Mm -hmm. They were denied in the ALCS, and perhaps had that not occurred, they would have met the Dodgers. They would have beaten the Dodgers. Who knows what would have happened, right? Mm hmm. That's why I think the whole idea of stripping the Astros of a title is difficult. Certainly awarding it to somebody else is difficult. I know it's been done in other sports and in other situations, but why you can deny them the right to fly the flag or on paper say that they still haven't won a World Series title, everybody remembers it. The mm -hmm. players celebrated. The city and the fans had its victory parade. Yeah. But Zach, you know 
Manchester United ruled ineligible for a Premier League championship for the next two years because some inappropriate financial workings in their front office. Why can't baseball do that? Rule that as a result of cheating, that even though they can still claim the 2017 title, the Houston Astros are disqualified from the postseason for the next two seasons, as is any player who appeared on that 2017 roster. Obviously, the organization takes a hit because attendance is going to go down. And mm-hmm. players take a hit because even if they're eligible for free agency, you know, new teams will know that they're not going to be able to use this guy in the postseason. Yeah. It's a punishment. It's not looking the other way, as it seems Manfred has done so far. Yeah, that's the type of punishment that effectively motivates people not to do this anymore. You know, the the this slap on the wrist, these players, other than being publicly embarrassed, haven't suffered at all from their actions. You know, their manager and their general manager might not work in the game again, but the guys that actually had the signs and did the cheating, they still get to play. They're still in spring training right now doing these interviews. I think if you do something as drastic as what you're talking about that really affects the players' ability to get into the playoffs and win rings, but also their ability to get their next contract, I think that really, that would really disincentivize cheating. Yeah, the fine that they've received, as I've said before, you might as well just consider that the cost of doing business. That was the cost Mm -hmm. of winning a title. The revenues that come in from winning a title exceed what that fine is. So so what? Just that's the cost of doing business. And now Astros manager, new Astros manager, Dusty Baker, wants Manfred to protect his players from any retaliation. Baseball has always had a reputation for policing itself, and I would expect that that's going to continue to happen. I think baseball does have to protect the Astros to some extent, perhaps issue a statement. I don't know what they can do more than that and say uh, any pitch unnecessarily close to the head will be assumed to have some added intentionality, Mm -hmm. added purpose. So we're aware that you might come out. So we we know if you're going to throw up around the head, we know that this is intentional. But apart from that, what else can they do? Yeah, you can't you can't add extra rules onto the existing rules. You know, if you hit somebody on purpose as a starting pitcher, you get what a five game suspension so that you miss a start. Like you can't add on to that because any other pitcher who does the exact same action is only getting the five games. You can't give the Astros extra protection just because they got caught cheating. You know, look, I'm on the record on this show as being anti-throwing at people. I think it's outdated, and I think it's dangerous, and if you did it off the field, you would go to jail. But I think in this situation, if you're going to have frontier justice and have somebody throwing at Astros players, you can't give the Astros extra protection just because of their situation. They have to lie in the bed that they made. What the Astros want is for this to go away, their relationship, their fellowship with the rest of the league to be restored back to normal. But without remorse and regret, which I I don't think they've shown, that's just my opinion, that's not going to happen. And not remorse for getting caught or for the predicament which they now find themselves in, but remorse for having cheated, for having broken the rules. This is what David wanted in Psalm 51. His friend Nathan confronted him about his sins surrounding his affair with Bathsheba, and David was convicted. He knew he was wrong. He wanted his relationship with God restored to a right place. And to get that, it started with remorse and regret. 
Psalm 51, verse 2 and 3 says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. But that alone isn't enough. There, there needs to be repentance. To my knowledge, there has been a lot of we recognize the impact, we feel bad among the Astros players, mm-hmm. but isn't part of the problem a lack of response? Jim Crane doesn't sound repentant when he says, well, we had a good team. We won the World Series, so let's leave it at that. Yeah. It, those apology videos look like if you've ever seen a horror movie where somebody gets abducted by a serial killer and put in front of a camera and forced to read a statement. That's what those <laughs> Astros videos were like. Those guys clearly didn't want to be there or mean what they said. Yeah. David, he sought God with humility. We didn't see that with Jim Crane. David knew that God would respond to a humble heart. In verse 17, he says, A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Saying I'm sorry is not enough when we've hurt somebody else. Our apology ought to include things such as what it is we're sorry for, how that we recognize it was wrong and hurtful, and that we will take measures to change so it doesn't happen again. It's taking responsibility for our behavior. In verse 3 of Psalm 51, David says, I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And we need to seek forgiveness. We need to actually say, hey, will you forgive me? David pleaded with God that he would forgive him and restore him. Listen to verses 7 through 11. It says, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Perhaps there is someone to whom you owe more than just a, I'm sorry. Like David, maybe that somebody is God. David said in verse 4, against you, you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to God and ask him to forgive us, he will indeed forgive us. 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin. The sentence has been carried out. The price has been paid. The sacrifice has already taken place. Him for you. However, you must accept that payment on your behalf. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Pray to God. Admit your sin and guilt to him. Tell him you believe he died on the cross for you, that he was buried and rose again, and ask God to forgive you and help you in repenting from sin. Romans ten thirteen says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As always, if there's any way in which we can help, perhaps just asking us to pray for you, please let us know. You can reach out through our website, btgprogram.com. Well, that's going to do it for this Highlights episode of our show. Thanks so much for being with us. Just a quick reminder, the Beyond the Game program is mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to all of you who have supported us in helping to bring the good news of the Bible to sports fans all around the world using Sports Talk Radio. We're asking that you'd keep us in your prayers. And then if God lays it on your heart to make a financial contribution to this ministry, maybe it's one time, maybe it's a recurring amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com.
Com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Riff Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 